0: Alright, good evening. Um, in case you weren't listening to the prayer, we're in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, and I'm looking forward to this this evening together. Um, basically, the, re- the book of Revelation is is the great re- revelation of Jesus, the great revealing of how amazing Jesus is, and so you start off with the book um, looking at Jesus now, this kind of reorientation from from Jesus as we read a lot about him in the Gospels, one who would sleep in the boat, who would get hungry, who would get tired, to one who is now all-powerful, um, glowing, just exuding all glory and honor and power so we we get introduced to jesus as he is now in the beginning of the book of revelation and then from then on we see this great uh this great revealing continue throughout the book we get into his letters he writes these seven letters in chapters two and three and then in chapter four and five we're in the throne room of god and and we see god the father seated on the throne being rightly praised and then, and then we see Jesus enters the throne room. And then Jesus is rightly praised, and He takes the scroll uh, in in God the Father's hands, and 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 there's a there's a, a declared end game when it came, comes to creation. There, there is a declared: this is where we're going to go, um, basically from here to there, and there is every creature. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and everything and every creature praising, worshiping, glorifying God the Father and Jesus. That's the goal. And so in order to get there, Jesus starts to take his great power and break the seals on the scroll. And as he opens, as he breaks each seal, we move from here towards there, towards as we see the justice of God pouring out, the revelation of God, the revelation of Jesus, as we see those who refuse to worship God, uh, those who refuse to submit their lives to him, um, being, yeah, being... Judge and experiencing the wrath of God. So the seven seals are open. And then we we looked at the the seven trumpets. And all the while, the the justice and the goodness and the power of God are being revealed and unfolded to get us from here to there. Well, today, uh, we're picking up in chapter 12. And, we're, and, in, and in chapter 12, we're, we've just looked at the, tw- uh, the trumpets and, and we start to see in chapter 12, uh, well, there's this great um, sign that appears in heaven. And, and we're start to, as we start to see the, the, some of the great whys being answered. The, if, you, if you've been reading through this book thus far, some, some of the questions that you might be having is, if, if you're paying attention, is, okay, okay. If Jesus really is this, like this powerful, this amazing, this, this able to do everything. If Jesus really is, is this good and mighty and active and paying attention, why? Why do his people suffer if Jesus is like that? If Jesus is that incredible, why do we, his people, experience such evil in our lives and, 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 and towards us? If Jesus is so powerful, why? Why, why do we have to experience that I suppose an even more basic question is if God is so good and he is if God is so powerful and active and mighty and he is why is there evil why does he even allow evil and horrible horrible things to take place on this earth if if God is really this good and, and mighty and then following up with that question is as we've looked in our book we've, we've seen that everybody suffers the believers are suffering the the unbelievers are suffering and so okay if everybody suffers if everybody's gonna suffer in, in this life on um, as the as we approach the end if suffering is if inevitable whether it's whether it's God's people from the enemy or uh, the enemies of God from God himself if, if everyone's gonna suffer though what's the point of following God what's the point of living a godly life, a holy life, a a pure life when when everybody's going to suffer, when everybody's suffering, why not live like everyone else in the now? Now what I love about the book of Revelation is, is it peels back the curtain to the wise to help us understand why. It, it, it gives us the, the behind-the-scenes glimpse, and, and and it's it's more than a glimpse, actually. It's this great revelation of why, of the why. Behind. It, the book at first, it, I mean, at first and second and third, it presents itself as this wild and crazy book, and, and it does feel that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we're just kind of blazing past. Oh, that horse has a snake's tail with a venom and biting tail. Oh, interesting. What is that locust thing that they're, oh, that's interesting, huh? Uh, okay, we, we kinda, we're going fast through this book I know but but be, but as we go fast we're able to at least capture some of these big behind-the-scenes whys and see see some of the answers to these questions the first question that, that I threw out there is is connected to okay if Jesus is this if he is this amazing this good and if God's people are protected from the wrath of God why do they still suffer well the answer is what we're going to see tonight is that there is a massive war going on behind the scenes. There's a massive war and our enemy is going down fighting. He's fighting. He's going down. He's going down. But, but he's going down fighting. Let's look at it. Um, the words are going to be on the screen. I'm in Revelation chapter 12. Picking up where we left off two weeks ago. Revelation chapter 12, it says this. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems, or crowns. His tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she did give birth, he might devour her child. But she gave birth to a son, a male who is going to shepherd all nations with an iron scepter. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be fed there for 1,260 days." Okay, so this is the less talked about Christmas story. Um, you've got you got some of the famous one, Magi, yes, and shepherds and dragons. Uh, this is the one that's not that's not quite mentioned. Although I do try and mention it here. I remember I was telling the Christmas story with with some kids. I think it was last Christmas or something like that, and some of the kids were like, no, that's not. No, no. no it's it's in there. It's in there. Um, what 's going on here with this, this Christmas story is you 've got this woman uh, see, it seems like it represents Israel, the nation, the nation the people of uh, the people of, of Israel, clothed with the sun, the, the, the twelve stars, this imagery seems straight out of joseph 's dream from Genesis, where the stars bowing down to him, meaning his brothers, referring to the tribes, uh, the sun being his father Jacob also called israel, uh, the moon, his mother. Um, You've got the covenant people of God pregnant with the ancient promises of God with, pertaining to the Messiah, and that the Messiah is coming. In Genesis chapter 3, where we, we read that the, that, that the seed of the woman, this promised child, is gonna be born who's gonna crush the head of the serpent. The, 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 the dragon, the head of the serpent, is going to crush the head of the serpent. And, and that Genesis 3 promise gets connected to Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis. And so the people of, of God, the, the, the people of Israel, they, they carry this, this promise, this expectation for the birth of, the, of this one who will rule and reign forever in victory over Satan. And yet there's the fiery red dragon. The ancient serpent, uh, seven heads, extremely wise and cunning. Uh, s- seven, uh, ten horns, ex- incredibly strong and powerful. Seven, seven crowns are dyed. A very, uh, you know, lots of authority, great authority. And, and, I, and I think about this story, and, and, and the, the dragon is there prepared. And if, you, if you've read the Gospels before, if you've seen what's, what's gone on in Jesus' life, you can tell the dragon is prepared to devour the Son of God. You have Herod, the political leader and ruler at the time Jesus is born, ready to kill every baby to get rid of him. You you see that the the priesthood, the the priesthood of God is prepared to kill an innocent man. They're ready to, 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 to kill him, to crucify him. You see that the Pharisees, the religious heroes of the nation are ready to to call for his death, to be there in the garden at his crucifixion, to to see him arrested. They're there to harass him. You see that it couldn't have been better planned. The the red dragon is ready to devour the Son of God when when he's born, and yet whisked away, whisked away. And and, and he he isn't able to, to do. he he loses in, in that moment. In this passage here you see that uh, that sense of the, it's a third of the angels falling because when Satan falls a third of them being being thrown out of heaven we, we call fallen angels uh, demons a third of the stars knocked from the sky but we'll see him referred to as angels in a moment so the dragon was ready he was ready in all his power and wisdom but when Jesus was born he's whisked away and all Satan's preparation and wisdom and authority and power was of no use and he got mad. And he got he, he got so full of fury that he that he launches a war ultimately in heaven. And this is what it says in verse 7. Then, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and, and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail. Praise God. But he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world, he was thrown to earth and his angels with him, whom we call demons. So Satan fails to destroy um, Jesus when, when he's born and, he, and he's, he's taken up, Jesus is taken up into heaven and so Satan launches a war in heaven, a war in heaven. He's not done trying to fight Jesus, a war breaks out. Satan loses again and, and is thrown out, which is great for heaven, but pretty, pretty rough for the earth. In heaven, they start, they start, there's a little bit of worship going on. And, and in fact, this is what happens in heaven. It says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven, verse 10. Salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Messiah have now come. Because the accuser of our brothers has been thrown out. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives in the face of death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens and all who dwell in them. Woe to the earth. And the sea for the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he has a short time now this is significant I I don't think that this has happened yet um, if you if your views if you think it is that's fine we're all friends here I don't think it's happened yet and when we see that Satan there is the accuser He's the accuser of, of the brethren. Satan stands to accuse God's people before the throne room of God. You can think of, if you want to get an image of what that's like, you can read Job chapter 1 and 2. You can read uh, Zechariah chapter 4, this, this imagery, biblical imagery of Satan bringing God's people and accusing them of not being worthy or not being, um, yeah, just accusing them but we see that 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 this gets this gets stopped eventually a war happens and then Satan is is uh, forbidden from being there to accuse Uh, just a praise God moment there's there's an interesting line here in this praise uh, connected to uh, connected to salvation and and it has two things connected to salvation which which usually bothers me a little bit I like one thing believe in Jesus and you'll be saved uh but th- th- there's two things and that's not uncommon actually the two things here is they conquered by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony by by, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony you know so i, I remember that and then i was doing my bible read through for this week we're in the book of romans getting reading through and, and i got to chapter 10 and i saw basically the same two things in chapter 10 of romans and I, and I read this, it said, it said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, confess, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Th- th- those, those two things. And then it goes on, one believes with his heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with his mouth, resulting in salvation. Those two pieces, that combo of believing and testifying, believing and testifying. Now, this moment here in heaven, it's a big praise the Lord. It's a big hallelujah. That's, that's what hallelujah means praise the Lord. You know, God, you're amazing. You've been victorious. The enemy's been thrown out, the accuser's gone. But for the earth, it's not great news because Satan is down and, and he is furious, he's filled with fury. And this is what happens. Verse 13, when the dragon saw that he had been thrown to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence to her place in the wilderness where she was fed for a time, times, and and half a time. You see this three and a half years uh, all the way through this book. You see it r- worded as 42 months. You, you, you see uh, 1,260 days. Time, time half, It's all the same quantity of time all, all the way through this book. Uh, from, from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river flowing after the woman to sweep her away in a torrent. But the earth helped the woman. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river that the dragon had spewed from his his mouth. So the dragon was furious with the woman and left to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep the commands and have the testimony about Jesus. I read this as the enemy breaking out in persecution Of the Jews and trying to sweep them away but God protecting them a bit and then super furious going to wage war against against the rest of the woman's offspring the 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 believers in Jesus now the question here that we're starting to get answered that we, we asked at the beginning is some of those why questions is the why question of this why is there evil going on against God's people when Jesus has marked them for, for protection. We remembered in, in, in chapter 7, the whole chapter was dedicated on who can stand. Who can stand on the day that God pours out his, his, his justice and goodness on the earth? Who can stand? Well, those who have been marked. Those who have given their lives to Jesus. They have, they're being protected, okay? So how is it then, how is it if evil is able to go on against God's people when they've been marked that way? The answer is, although they have been protected, uh, they are being protected by the wrath and the justice of God. There is a war going on. There, Satan is battling, and ultimately, the time is coming where he's going to be thrown out of heaven. And he's furious, frustrated, and furious. He knows his time is short. If you're tracking what we just read, when say, Satan failed when Jesus was born, and so he's frustrated and furious. And then Satan failed when he goes to war in in heaven or will fail. And and so he's frustrated and furious. And then Satan's going to bring the battle to earth in his frustration and furiousness, and again he's going to lose. This is his final play that we're looking at here. His last furious attempt, but it's going to fail, it's going to fail. Now it's going to be felt. It's also being truthfully communicated. But he's going to fail. We don't want to just be naive and, well, Jesus is going to win, so, that, so there's, no, there's, no, there's no pain going to be experienced. No, no, it's going to be felt, but he's going to fail. And, and, and so that hangs over the, the end of this section where the enemy, the, the, the dragon is cast down to earth, and you, you kind of end this chapter with these ominous words. He, Satan, stood on the sand of the sea, and you know he's mad and you know he wants to wage war against the people of God, those who believe in Jesus, and you're like, oh no, what's about to happen? Well, here it is. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. He had 10 horns and seven heads, and on his horns were 10 diadems, and, and on his heads were blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like bears, and his mouth was like a lion's mouth. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, And great authority one of his heads appeared to be fatally wounded but his fatal wound was healed the whole earth was amazed and followed the beast they worshiped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like the beast who is able to wage war against him a mouth was given to him to speak boasts and blasphemies he was also given authority to act for 42 months that's the same timeline we keep seeing He began to speak blasphemies against God. To blaspheme his his name and his dwelling. Those who dwell in heaven. And and he was permitted to wage war against the saints. And to conquer them. He was also given authority over every tribe. I'm just going to say that again. Every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who live on the earth will worship him. Everyone will whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. If anyone has, ear, has an ear, he should hear. If anyone is destined to, for captivity, into captivity he goes. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This demands the perseverance and faith of the saints. Okay, so this first beast... That come, the one that comes out of the sea is often called the Antichrist. The Antichrist, the, the name, the Antichrist does not appear in the Book of Revelation. That that appears in maybe First John, Second John does not appear in the Book of Revelation. So, uh, you can be thinking Antichrist if that's if that's how you want to. Th- I'm going to refer to this as the first beast, the beast that's out of the sea, just just to be consistent here. What's this beast like? It's like the dragon. It's described very much like the dragon. Seven heads, ten horns. A couple extra crowns. It has ten crowns instead of instead of uh, seven crowns. Um, it, it's empowered by the dragon. It, 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 then you see this imagery: the the leopard and the bear and the and the lion. It, go back and look at Daniel chapter seven. You'll see this this same beast amalgamation in in, in uh, Daniel's vision, in Daniel chapter seven, and all the earth is amazed by this by this beast. seemingly invincible, totally anti-God, totally anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. And this beast is given permission, granted permission to to kill uh, those who believe in Jesus. Everyone who's not a Christian is going to worship this beast or or, or the dragon, or the dragon, it said. And as a result, things are not going to look good for God's people. Some are going to go into captivity or they're going to be killed. And and what is it that Jesus is asking of us in those days? When when everything is falling apart, when everybody turns away from God, when when there's either captivity or or, or death, what does Jesus want of his people in in that moment and in every difficult moment of our lives? Perseverance and faith to hold on to those two things keep persevering keep faith keep trusting but everything is falling apart persevere faith persevere faith that is what we're called to in this moment and every moment of our lives why is the world going to hate God why is it going to turn away from God why are they going to where are they going to why are they going to turn away from God and, and, and hate him why are God's people going to be imprisoned and, and killed because this is Satan's last ditch effort. And yet even the strongest of attacks of the enemy is limited. It's only gonna last for 42 months, 42 months. God, he might permit evil, he does permit evil. But you need to know that evil is going to end. Evil is going to end. God may allow Satan to do some evil things, but there is an end to the evil coming. If you've ever looked at your life or or really any situation on our planet and been repulsed by the horror of it, you're like, this is wrong. This is evil. This is terrible. God is going to stop it. That is going to happen. An end of evil is coming. The war is going on right now. Satan is doing evil things, but the time is coming to an end. Maybe, maybe you've made the mistake, and sometimes people do in the Bible, of confusing the work of Satan and his evil and attributing it to God. Some people say, well, God, God allows all this evil, so he must... No, no, no. There's a war going on, and God's... Jo- he has set limits, and he's saying there's a time coming where it's all going to be over. It's going to stop. As for you, persevere keep going keep faith keep your faith keep trusting me an end is coming so the first beast comes out of the sea and then a second beast often called the false prophet also comes it comes out of the land think with a false prophet think of like a false elijah or a false john the baptist pointing to a false christ a false jesus You've got this false prophet there. He's got a counterfeit mark. In, in chapter 7, we, we learned about the mark of God that, that sealed and protected us from the wrath of God. Well, the beast then has a mark to protect people from the wrath of the beast. In Revelation chapter 13, we, we continue on to read this about the second beast. and It says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he sounded like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He also performs great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Sounds like Elijah. He deceives those who live on the earth because of the signs that he is permitted to perform on behalf of the beast, telling those who live on the earth to make an image of the beast who had the sword wound and yet lived. He was permitted to give a spirit to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast could both speak and cause whoever would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he requires everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to be given a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark of the beast's name or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. The one who has understanding must calculate the number of the beast because it is the number of man. His number is 666. Okay, this chapter is the low point. This is is the low point for all the believers in Jesus. I know that some of your your theology says, okay, who cares? We're not going to be here. We're going to be raptured, and we're not going to experience any of this. Um, Just in case that's that's not how it goes, just keep paying attention. Um, So the whole earth following this beast uh, the, the whole earth being being uh, deceived by, by these, these two beasts. Christians being killed, imprisoned, unable to buy and, and sell. Uh, this is such a, a low point, a, a horrible moment for, for believers. Satan is losing every battle. He lost when he lost when jesus was born he loses the battle of heaven and in his rage he's just he's he's wreaking havoc on the earth. and what is his aim and you can see his success here what is god's ambition god's ambition and his his plan for all that he's doing in the book of revelation is getting us from here to there what is that from here where not everyone is worshiping to every creature in heaven and earth and to every creature worshiping god but what did we see happen in this chapter Instead of that, we saw every creature, except for those who were written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world, but every creature worshiping Satan, or the, the, the beast, the dragon. It's like the exact opposite. It, it looks like this is, this is the most devastating moment. Now, I, I've said this before. I, 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 was, I had a fear as a Christian of this chapter. Uh, of living, uh, living through this moment, living through the end times. This is Satan's chapter, right, where, where, where he's permitted this season. It's 42 months uh, where, where he's permitted until heaven says no more. But it just seems like this terrifying time. But, but yeah, I think reading it now, I have a little bit of different perspective. Two things. First of all, uh, I see in the book of Revelation so many chapters about the magnificentness of, Je- of Jesus of how amazing Jesus is. I see so many chapters on the power of God being poured out, the justice of God, the goodness of God being poured out. And only one chapter, limited by 42 months, where evils permitted to take its last stand. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's so much more about Jesus than than just this, this one moment. Also, I, I guess I've been afraid of this chapter because I think I, I delusionally expected I would live through this this time as opposed to die in the first week. Now my aim is to die in the first week and way less scary, right? Like, like if you're like looking at this and oh man, the bees and the, oh, it's Oh yeah, All right, that's, that's too bad. Bless are those who. Anyways. Um See, I, I just think a perspective change. I, I remember when I, was, when I was younger, my mom actually got mad at me for this. I was like, Mom, when I'm 58, I want to be, be martyred. I'm going to die for my faith and, and all that. See, 58, you know. Now, now that I'm getting older, I might be wanting to bump up the 58 bit a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, since I'm young, just not being afraid of this idea of, of dying for my faith in Jesus. That, that, if you're terrified of that, it will, it will dictate the... Uh, needless fear in your life if you come to peace with this idea I'm gonna follow Jesus and you know what hopefully I'll just die in the first week that's a freeing thought it's a freeing thought and and it it, it may impact how you would live through those kind of days dark but gold anyways uh so you got the first beast there you got the second beast there 42 months go by we're enduring we're persevering and and we're feeling sick I guess looking at this chapter and what's happening and you're just feeling like oh this is gonna be awful and then you're reminded by the next verse that it's not all awful with these words chapter 14 verse 1 then I looked and there on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him were 144,000 who had, the, who had his name and his father's name written on their forehead. You, you read that verse and you're like, okay, all that sickly feeling, 42 months of awfulness, all of a sudden the sickly feeling becomes a smile, right? And you're like, oh, this is, okay, this is, this is great. There's Jesus. There, there's Jesus and, and, and his 144,000, well, who are these 144,000? Well, um, then I looked in there on Mount Sinai, it was to the lamb with, with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from, from heaven, like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder. The sound I heard was also like harpists playing on their harps. They sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, but no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been uh, redeemed from the earth. These are the ones not defiled with women, for they have kept their virginity. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. They were redeemed from the human race as the first fruits for God and the lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless okay so these 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 aren't representative of all christianity this is like the 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 the, the top bit the the first fruits bit that special bit that uh, uh, just special cherished bit for jesus um they're sexually pure they, they weren't married they they're they're virgins they're, they're truth tellers they're blameless the blameless ones and there they stand with jesus then what happens then i saw another angel flying high overhead, having the eternal gospel to announce to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He spoke with a loud voice. What's the eternal gospel? Here it is. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. A second angel followed saying, it is fallen, Babylon the great is fallen, who who made all the nations drink the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. And a third angel followed them and, and spoke with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, which is mixed full strength in the cup of his anger. He will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and and in the sight of the lamb and the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or anyone who receives the mark of his name. This demands the perseverance of the saints who keep God's command and their faith in Jesus. Perseverance and faith. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, "Right, the dead who die in the Lord from now on are blessed. Yes, says the Spirit. Let them rest from their labors, for, for their works will follow them. And, and that's what I was saying. You know, like week one, right? Blessed are those who, who die in the Lord. They're blessed. Let them rest from their labors. Yeah, yeah, okay. That, 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 sounds, that sounds all right with me. Why be faithful? Why be faithful? We asked that question at the beginning. Why why live a holy and blameless life if everybody's going to suffer? Why be faithful? Because even though our suffering lasts for a time, I guess technically a time, times and half a time, for 42 months, justice is coming for those who stood firmly with Jesus in that time of suffering. Those who persevered and, and, and held on to their faith, those who kept their faith to the end. In a world where everybody seems to hate Jesus, in a world where it seems like nobody else believes Him, in a world where, where you're rejected if you believe in Jesus, why follow Jesus? Why live pure? Why live godly? Why endure to the end when they, they want to kill you or put you? Why? Why? Especially in a time when it says it's better to die. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. That seems, that seems like uh, like difficult days. Why hold on? when when suffering and such darkness is is your current living reality in this world because Jesus is real because Jesus is real and Jesus really is going to intervene and all that injustice and all that evil And all that unfair stuff that you've endured, he's going to put an end to it. He's put an end date in the calendar. He's marked, it is going to be done. Your job isn't to survive those last days. It's to be faithful through the end. It's to persevere until the end. To keep enduring, to keep persevering, to keep testifying until our last breath. Now, these three proclamations here of these three angels, they they sum it up. They sum it up to believers. Fear God, not the beast. Fear God, not the beast. Worship him who made everything, not the dragon, not not the, the false beasts. Babylon is going down, says the next one. No, we'll talk more about that later. God's wrath is coming on those who chose the beast over him. You have this mark or you have that mark. You have the mark of the beast or you have the mark of heaven. And and it's clear, you have the mark of the beast and you get to escape um, this persecution for 42 months but then you get the wrath of God forever and ever or you get the mark of God and you endure persecution for 42 months but you get to be rewarded and redeemed and worship Jesus forever and ever why keep going because 42 months is nothing in comparison to forever and ever so persevere that's the call hold on to faith in those days whatever the suffering in the future or in your now there is an end there is an end coming Jesus sees he's paying attention and he's going to draw it to a close. Now, I, I love the flow of this passage. You, you start off with the birth of Jesus, you frustrated a dragon, uh, and then, then these beasts, and, the, and, then, and, and, and just the, the violence and the, the, the intensity against the church. But then you get this glimpse of Jesus. And he, and he shows up, and, and he's got his 144,000. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. In fact, the very next verse, which we're not going to talk about today, but we'll, we'll start next week with this. Then I looked and there was a white cloud and, the, and one like the Son of Man was seated on the cloud with a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And we started turning our eyes away from the dark times and towards the glorious future with Jesus. Our mighty Jesus returning and taking his great power and, and bringing it all right again. Moving from here to there where every creature we be worshiping God. The real king is coming. More on that next week. For the challenge today. I don't believe we're in these, these last days yet. Uh, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. But we can prepare for these last days and with practicing courage when it comes to testifying about Jesus because that's one of the calls one of our calls is to to keep testifying about Jesus and so the challenge for us this week is to practice courage practice courage by talking to someone who isn't a Christian about something good that Jesus has done for you giving Jesus the credit giving Jesus the credit you don't have to tell him how you became a Christian if you want to you you, you just say this happened and I'm and I give Jesus the credit for this answered prayer or this thing taking place practice the courage of of witnessing that Jesus is alive he's active he's intervening in our world today that's a challenge practice courage this is the easy time to practice it Uh, it's a time to to, to become strong and and courageous so anyways that's a challenge for this week Um, I'm gonna pray for you in this area